Welcome to Keeping Athena Company. My name is Athena Kablenu. I'm a stand-up comedian and writer and not too long ago became a new mum. Of all the changes I thought being a parent would bring to my life, the one I was least prepared for is having to move back into my mum's house whilst I got my life together. I should say everything is going great when my mum isn't feeding my child chips. But I'm a social person and I feel like I'm missing out a bit. So that's the origin of this podcast. Every now and again, I'm going to invite somebody around who I think is really cool and we're going to have a chat and a catch up on life. Uh, today I welcomed Russ Piers into my house, or my mum's house I should say. He has sustained me by a several yummy mummy brunches, that's what you do when you're a mum, you just, you just brunch a lot, it's great, I do recommend it. I met Russ many years ago on the stand-up circuit and we've been hanging out ever since. Um, we cover things like Facebook crushes, sex euphemisms, paper rounds, 90s fashion, but I'm not going to ruin it all with spoilers. I know how very emotional people get over spoilers these days. I'm just going to let you listen to what happened when Russ Pierce came to keep my company. So, let me welcome to my kitchen, Russ Pierce. Hello! The one and only. Yes. Yeah, how, why do I know you, Russ? How did you meet? We met through stand-up, didn't we? We did Just meet stand-up, I can't remember when we first gigged together. Well, but the highlight, obviously, was the BBC New Comedy Award final. Clang, I've dropped something on the floor there. Oh my God, I've been dining out on that ever since. Welcome to um, my kitchen. Thank you for keeping me company. Um, Pleasure. Yeah, your first award for keeping me company is a lovely plate of food. Do you want to describe what you've got in front of you today? Well, I've been told, because I didn't know how it was cooked, I know it's plantain, but it's double... Fried it's or double, double fried? Double planting. fried. I mean, um, fried food, I'm on board. Double fry it. Would you like to try a piece? Yes. You do have a choice of hot sauce or sweet sauce. I'm going to go for the hot one first because oh, even though I am a bit man. of a. I'm not brave, I'm just foolish because I know. You're not foolish, it's, it's, it's hot, but it's just. It like, it's heat it, hot, it's not hot hot, it's not going to burn. It's not I'm literally burn putting on about two hot. molecules. Hot sauce is hot. I'm talking with my mouthful. That's alright. Oh my god, that's amazing. Is that good hot? That's homemade hot sauce. That's Scotch bonnet with a bit Did you of make it? Um, it was made by my mother. Um, well. And she's good at making hot sauces. Oh, yeah. You should have that branded. Like Athena's mum's hot sauce on I, the shelves in your local I supermarket. I might make it a thing for the podcast. Like you get sweet sauce or you get a, a pepper sauce. Which one are you going to choose? Ah. You know. Anyway, enjoy the plantain. And let me ask you how you've been. What have you been up to this week? Uh, I'm fine. I've had a busy week at work, non-stop. What'd you do? Other than, you know, making people laugh. I'm uh, a TV producer. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what kind of TV? Well, all the, all the kind of TV that can make me go really far in comedy, like <laughs> cookery programmes. <laughs> I'm working on the second series of Britain's Best Home Cook with Mary Berry and Claudia Winkleman. But I watched that. I genuinely watched that. Um, and wasn't... Who was the other, who the other host last We had uh, Dan, who was a head chef. Dan, of, who had Dan's head he used to be head chef of Duck and Waffle. He was quite handsome for a chef, I was surprised. Yeah, lots and, of tattoos on his arms, like all chefs do. Yeah, and the woman who won Master Professionals. You're thinking of the big family cooking showdown. Oh, God, And Tommy Banks, and Tommy Banks is hot, and I would tell him to his face because I've worked with him. Oh, tell him, tell him I'm keen. Yeah, um, and Angelica, Angelica Bell. Angelica Bell, yeah. that's her name. Okay, so yeah. Angelica Bell and Tommy, Tommy Banks, Banks did the big family cook-off. Cooking showdown. Cooking showdown. But you're doing Britain's, Britain's best, best home, home cook. cook. Although so. I worked on the first series of the Big Family Cooking Showdown. <laughs> Why am I not on these? I can cook. I should be on these shows. You've got to get, get on there. Get uh, into it. What you need to do is make a genre of comedy and cooking. Because then yeah. staring at the star in right in the face. 
Well, I've got this idea and I should just do it and someone will steal it. So I'm going to say it now so it's copyrighted. And it is comedians doing drunk DIY. (laughs) So we just go to Ikea and get a Billy bookcase or something. Mm. Have a few cans or whatever whatever you're poisonous <laughs> and then we build it I think comedians doing drunk DIY is really good I'm not sure if you could get yourself insured on that I can see drills going oh yeah um, maybe maybe not so do you like cooking shows or do you just do it for the money I won't no tell, I like I them I won't tell your employers if it's <laughs> no I do like them there's kind of shows that I don't kind of shows that I really love are the ones I know I'd never work on because I know they're incredibly hard work and I don't really like that what shows do you really love Strictly Okay, Strictly. Okay. I'm going to be on Strictly. One day. One day. The reason I'm going to be famous is to be on Strictly. And I've already written my storyline. What's your storyline? Well, I'm a little bit overweight. Little. (laughs) And uh, my headline will be, From Chunky to Cha-Cha Champion. Oh, my God. I love it. Because I'll lose weight through my journey. I'll have a journey. So, at the beginning, you'll be like... I'll be like two or three stone overweight. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, they'll go, God, in just three months, Russ Piers has lost three stone. Look at him. They let Colin Jackson back on. That's not Colin Jackson. Oh my god, if I was built like Colin Jackson. Yeah, he came out a couple of years ago. He did, I might track him down. Yeah, and uh, Mark Foster, the swimmer. And then everyone's like, oh, they're a couple, but they never were, they were just mates. Yeah, well, well they say that. Well, they lived together, didn't they? But you know what? Same way I can live with a man and not be in a relationship with him, two men can live together and only have sex occasionally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just to help out with the yeah, bills. Yeah, exactly. Just when there's nothing better on TV. That's how I operate, it's fine. I'd deliberately get rid of Netflix then, so I'd be like, oh, there's nothing to watch. <laughs> nothing to watch. And I've turned the heating up. Yeah. Break just... the area off the roof. Oh. So, who's your, who's your favourite strictly competitor, if you have a favourite? If I have a favourite, I love Louise. N- nerding, as I like to call her, when she was in Eternal. Okay. Love her. Love her. Love Judy Murray. Judy Murray was Because she was such a, such a surprise. We all saw her as like this massive, like, aggressive tiger mum with Andy by the side of the court in tennis cheering him on. And then she's just like the nicest person in the world. She's really nice. Really and she was with funny. Anton, who I love. Tony Beak, as I like to call him. At Tony Beak. Anton Dubeck. Anton Dubeck in it every season. Why would I get rid of him? Because they always put them with the old girls, don't they? Oh, yeah. Because he's old himself, isn't he? Yeah, he's in his 50s, so he's never going to win it. He's in his 50s? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. So what other, what's your other favourite TV shows? What's well, that? Line of Duty. <gasps> this suddenly got Have popular. you watched it? So I started watching it. So I watched um, the first episode where... Um, of this series? Of this series. See, I've been there since 2012. So I didn't know. I'd never even heard of it. I'd never even heard first of it. First series with Lenny James. I'm amazing gonna... actor. I didn't. I had no idea oh, that incredible. it had like what's her name? Tandy Newton. She was in it. Yeah. Tandy Newton. That was it. the one that went a little. I won't give away anything if you haven't watched that. But that one, that one went a little bit weird at one point. Really? Okay. Yeah. What's the season? Should I start from season one? Oh, you should. Will you I understand it. it if I don't? Yeah. There's basically this long running story of the Balaclava Men and somebody called H who's in control of everything. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I see it on Twitter like who is H and I'm like he's the guy from Steps. <laughs> Boom. Like, he's the guy from Steps, isn't he? Like, I don't know what's the big deal. Like, he's just hanging around waiting for the phone to ring. Like, is it not the guy from Steps then? It, do you know what it could be? I wouldn't put it past the creator. Wouldn't it be funny if it all ended with tragedy? <laughs> Walks in doing all the moves. <laughs> I've just done the move there because I was a big Steps fan. All right, cool. about what's going on is there anything happening <laughs> what's happening in the world yeah. there was an interesting story i read about this morning about um hiv transmission and how if men well it is predominantly gay men 
But yeah. anyone, if anyone's on PrEP and proper medication, there's zero chance of transmission. Yeah, I've heard about this. Like, Which you, is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. What I hate about the conversation about PrEP is that it's a lot of straight people acting like they never have slip-ups. You know. Also but, as well, <laughs> can like, I just say, every single person who has created a baby has had, as we call it in the trade, bareback sex. I'm sorry. <laughs> nothing about prep because my, my little my little um my little bit of court evidence that means uh you know that means i can't i can't say nothing is upstairs you know on my grandma's lap and she's okay. just been looking sideways at me and crying yeah fake crying though there were no tears fake, yeah i really hate the idea that heterosexual people just like oh be- margaret before we continue can yeah. i just see your medical history and let me still want this condom like oh yeah please. what's your status is yeah. you get asked when you get it's yeah like, it's ridiculous half of half of us do it in the back of the escorts the drop of a hat but it's a brilliant breakthrough because i remember being a teenager and knowing i was gay and you see those adverts aids don't die of ignorance and the tombstone like falls over yeah and i was absolutely terrified everyone was terrified and it was like oh my god right well i'm never going to touch a man because i'll just instantly die yeah it just helps to kind of get rid of all stigma and also what things like this do is like they show people's true colors you know so when you hear yeah. these commentators chat this nonsense about how it will promote promiscuity do you know yeah. what promotes promiscuity facebook doing that chic crush thing have you heard about this i sort of re- i'm not on facebook anymore guys if you're missing me you're that's gonna get what back I'm on it. It. <clears throat> okay you're gonna get because back it's on it. that from what i've heard i've heard very little bit about it. it sounds a little bit creepy it's very creepy um so i'll just i'll explain it because you might not be aware of how amazing slash awful it is <laughs> You can pick nine people who you're friends with that you secretly want to have sex with or hold hands and eat cheese and biscuits with, whatever you want to do with them, and you say they're my secret crush. And if they selected you, you'll get like a little, it'll be like Tinder. And it's like, oh, you've matched. Yeah, Tinder's like that, isn't it? Because if yeah. you match someone and they don't match you, then they never know and you never know. But this time it's crazy because you can do like your history teacher or, you oh know, your mate's, your mate's husband's. There's um, going to be... That's just going to be a can open worms everywhere. And now scenario. Prep's around. Fuck it. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's about to top nine or top hundred. Oh hundreds. my god! Oh no! Well, actually, I might get back on Facebook. Uh, Having I, said that, there's nobody on my friend list. I'd be too embarrassed. I'd be like, because obviously there's people I thought, oh, they're nice, but I've known them for years. Yeah. I can't imagine what a date would be like with someone I've matched with for years, and then it, and then you go on the date and you realise, oh, this guy's really awful. I yeah. do it. I think a lot of it would be that old thing of never meet your heroes. Yes. It would be an absolute disaster. Imagine... And then also you do that weird thing of like you may cross a line and think, well, we can't really be friends anymore now because we've... Well, one, we both know one of us fancy each other more than the other because that would always be the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never going to be both of you going, oh my God. Yeah. It's like we should have always been together forever. Knowing, knowing, knowing bloke, straight or gay, it would be... Yeah, I always fancied you. Now I've had a go on you. I'm not really interested anymore. <laughs> I've had a go on you. That genuinely a turn of phrase I've never heard in my life with regards to making love to someone. Oh, let me have a go on you. It's like riding a bike, innit? Let me it have is. a go. Let me have a go. I'm it's like going on the waltzes at the fair. I'm learning so much. Are there, are there any other turns of phrases that I might not know, might not know of? Oh, my favourite one is one of my old my mum's phrases she got from her mother. See if she saw an ugly couple in the street. <laughs> She'd always say, well, they don't spoil two houses. <laughs> That's really funny. And my granddad always used to say, oh, well, there's always a jack for a jill. Oh, bless her. It's like, rather than be out in the community, you know, ugly people just get together. It's like, oh, Hide away. Old, old people are so unkind. Um, I met someone yesterday who's from the American South, and he said the term they use was relations. It was like, oh, yeah, why did you get married so early, Grandma? And Grandma would be like, oh, we just want relations. <laughs> That is brilliant. Is it really just a good a good word for it? Because that was always things in textbooks at school that about 
having sexual relations. Yeah. And people just think, what does it mean? Is it like with your relatives? Yeah. That's, creepy. that's cre- very creepy. I like that though. So we wanted relations. Talk about people not wanting books with gay couples. We're talking about having relations with people. Kids are going to be way more confused by that. I know. Than, than anything else. I wonder what happened with that. Yeah, well, it's become a thing now, hasn't it, now that um, from September 2020, wow. all schools are going to have to teach relationships and <laughs> relationships, relations, relations yeah. and, and sex and education is part of the same thing, and it will talk about same-sex couples. Oh, that's nice. Apart from that horrible school in Birmingham. Oh, yeah, who's gonna, who aren't going to do it because they didn't like their, they didn't like their heat. What made me laugh, well, not laugh, it's awful, but it made me laugh, was that there were people on TV, like, defending their position, and it's like, this is really indefensible. because <laughs> it's that thing of, like, you, <clears throat> if kids are raised by intelligent, open-minded parents, they don't, well, in a way, they don't question, I mean, I was going to say, they don't question anything, that sounds a bit weird and creepy, but it's yeah. not, they don't, they don't question things. Like, my cousin's kids were always just like, oh, it's like someone called Russ and his boyfriend. Yeah. They never had to be explained that, that what that meant, it was just... That's the way it is, and it was really you just like it's not that you deal with it. It's just like that's the way it is for him, and then for someone else, it's like John and his girlfriend. You yeah. know, it's, that's... No, totally. I thought it was funny the way like we want to teach them, but when they're older, in their own times, like well, what? It's not chemistry. I know. You know, it's, it's not quadratic equations. It doesn't um, get more complicated. And we teach them about a man who had disciples and could turn water into wine and was crucified and then put in a cave for three days and then came back from the dead, and we expect. Three and four year old kids to get their head rounds that. You, you forgot the nails, um, oh, yeah. the wrists and ankles and yeah. the crown of thorns. Yeah. You forgot, you Just forgot for extra, bit. extra pain. But my, my understanding was that what they protested about was a book which featured uh, two lesbians and they were just like, it was just like a normal book about family. No kids are going to look at that and be like, oh my God, how do they have sex? In the same way, no yeah. kid look we'd spot the dog or miffy and thinks how do rabbits and dogs have sex I know. like it's just it's really bizarre so it was adults putting their own kind of their own thoughts on it's their own prejudices always yeah. that's always the problem with kids that kids are kind of these pure little things and they form opinions based on their life experience and what people say to them and what people expose them to yeah and if they see a gay couple they're not going to think i want to be gay if they're not gay. Well, it's just a bit... They're just going to accept that, oh, some men like men, some women like women, some women like men and women, some men like women, and you know. Yeah, no, totally. and also when you're that age, especially sort of primary school age and under, you just you just do that very gendered thing where you go, boys smell, girls yeah. smell, you know. Yeah. Or you do the opposite thing where you have a lot of affection for someone and it's like so innocent, it's beautiful. Yeah. I know a friend of mine told me that her, she's putting her kids to bed one night and the little girl said, I don't know the, the, kid, the friend's name, but it's like... Mummy, when I grow up, I'm going to marry Charlotte because she's my best friend. And yeah. she was like, oh, yeah. She went, oh, that's lovely. She went, and her mum was like, I'll get a hat. And she went, oh, yes, mummy, get a hat. And then put the little boy to bed and he was like, he said, I think when I, because he think he'd overheard, he was like, I think when I get older, I'm going to marry Josh because he's like my best mate and we play football together and like we just get on really well. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Kids have no concept. Yeah. It's like, wait, wait until you realise you've got shared a council tax and you... Uh, Actually, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, sharing bank, bills. It's joint bank accounts. That's the best like. bit of a relationship, sharing bills. The one thing that scares me about relationships is a joint bank account. I've never had one. Yeah, I won't do it. I, won't, I don't want someone going through my... Because I go through my bank account, my statements, and I think, oh, I'm so glad no one can see what I raised. You know, like when you've yeah. got an ASOS late at night, and yeah. you see these purchases, and it's four in the morning, and you think, what the hell are they buying at four in the morning? I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, yeah. Well, as my mum says, because she didn't work a lot when we were kids, she always used to say to my dad, what's yours is mine, and what's mine's my own. 
Yeah, all. <laughs> she had yeah. nothing. It was all my dad's. <laughs> yeah, nineteen nineteen. What's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. Don't ask no questions. All right, just come up and be paid, for and I'll pay for it. But it, consider yeah. that warning, people. Well, it's just because sometimes, sometimes it's just embarrassing when it's like spend, 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 spend money in, spend, 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 spend. It gets a bit, That's it, my life cycle. Yeah, you feel a bit irresponsible, so I just wouldn't want someone to just make me justify the amount of coffees I buy in prep or something. Well, that's your that's your shoes. financial shame yeah, coming I, through there. Everyone was thinking I was thinking about talking about vibrators and stuff. No, no, no. I was talking about macaroni cheese and prep. I don't... Mine would be how many times um, Greg's at London Bridge appears <laughs> on my credit card bill because I'm, I'm five minutes wait for a train and I'm like, I'll have a vegan sausage roll. Thank you. Have you tried them? Oh, yeah. Are they good? Well, not really, but I... you feel better because you know you're not eating mushed up whatever. I've, uh, I've never had a Greg's and not felt a bit sick. But like warm food, <laughs> I think their cold food is fine. But I think if you get like a warm, like a warm pie or a pasty, do you feel a bit? Personally, I'm never a fan of a warm pie. <laughs> um. Is that another euphemism? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sex in the gateway. That's just one of the worst jokes yeah. ever. My mate told me years ago. He said I walked into a baker's and I said to the woman, "Have you got a warm pie?" And she went, "Yeah." And I went, "You shouldn't wear tights." <laughs> I just apologise for that. Right. I'm now. gonna use that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that on my, on my Facebook crush. I'm gonna be like, I really like you. you make my pie warm. <laughs> you give me a warm pie. Yeah. My friends used to have a euphemism for it that she was dancing with her boyfriend. Like, why were you making noise upstairs? Oh, we were dancing. <laughs> and another one, another euphemism for, well, men do it and women do it, but mainly for women was my friend used to say she was polishing her shoes. Because you're bending over. Because she was. <laughs> She was looking after herself. Oh, I giving herself oh, some attention. She, she was having relations with she herself. Was, she was polishing her own shoes. Yeah, she was having relations if with she, herself. Um, if you polish, if she does that the same way she polishes her shoes, it probably takes her a long time to polish her shoes. And I, I hope she doesn't that use power. that stiff brush to put the wax on. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give it, a, give it a buff. Buff it up. Give it, give it a. Side yeah, see so your face in it. Yeah, I hope, and I hope she's using a less harsh chemical. Oh yeah, maybe um, beeswax. Yeah, oh beeswax is great. You know, you can use that on your hair. You're talking to a bald man. <laughs> You've got hair on your face. I've got more hair on my back than my head. You can get yeah. a turkey and get that transplanted. That's what when you're I think I know someone who's had it done and I feel like I need to ask them, but I feel embarrassed about asking them. Well, I know someone who genuinely got hair tattooed on their head. <gasps> Looks amazing. There's a gay porn star that does that. He used to wander around Soho dressed as like a Trojan warrior. Yeah, and he tattooed And it's like hair. really black, sharp lines yeah, tattooed well, on his head. Well, my friend did it and I'm going to, I rate him for it because I didn't see him for ages and then I saw him and I was like, Dude, you look really handsome, and he, <laughs> and he was, and he got a bit sort of black. He sort of blushed a bit, or blushed as much as you can blush when you're like a black dude. And he, <laughs> but he, and I was like, what? What have he done? You look really handsome, and he sort of didn't say anything. And a little while later, uh, a mutual friend of ours was like, "Go on, tell her." And he's like, "Oh, I got got my hair tattooed, and it looked amazing." Well, how could you it not tell amazing. when you were up close? Oh uh, well, how close? And does he have it? Does he have his dots? Because this guy has yeah. it like, oh, this guy's okay. is like. A like harsh line and like it, painted it. It looked amazing. It was dots. I think it work, probably works better on kind of like African skin because it's a lot right. more subtle. Yeah, and it just looks like he's. It looks like he shaved his head bald and just started to grow back. Oh. So the only way you'd know it wasn't a tattoo is if you kind of felt it. And obviously, it's not the dumb thing in society to go up to people's heads when they, you know, when they've got no hair, and just put your hand on them. <laughs> is this stubborn? Was it a tattoo? Like, oh my God, that. that's genius. So it looked great, and I had to. I had to kind of. 
reflect on that. And so I literally said to him, you look handsome, which means he probably felt really um, self-conscious yeah, about like, Oh my God, I probably looked hideous without <laughs> hair and now I've got fake hair. I look hot. It goes to show how much hair is part of like what you look like. And we yeah. acknowledge that for women, but not so much for men, you know? The thing is, I've not had hair of any decent length since... God, probably like getting on for 20 years now. Really? Yeah, well, or it, more, so it's kind of not really bothered me. Did it ever bother you? It did when it started to go, because I was only probably like 21 when I started to notice it. I used to have, uh, in the 90s, I had curtains, and my hair used to come down <laughs> to my chin. Proper curtains, and so thick and really wavy and no curly. Way. Yeah, and I used to put so much brill cream on it to get the curls out. That's the David Beckham, He's, that's his fault. That's yeah, his no, fault. I was before him. I was before David you Beckham was even a David thing. Beckham. Yeah, and I used to put it on and like run a comb through it, make it straight as possible. And I noticed it was getting thinner at the front and it was always still thick at the back. And I used to think, oh God, I'm going to have to start cutting it really short. Yeah, it's just, that's the journey. I'm using my hair, I'll tell you. No. Well, how, when you have Welcome baby, to the club. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, when you have a baby, um, what happens after about the first three months is all your hormones go back to normal. And what happens is when your hormones are messed up, your hair, you get more hair. So when your hormones go back to normal, it sheds all the hair that you know you grew during pregnancy. However, oh, right. yeah, but because I've got dreadlocks, it's a bit different for me because it's, I'm just losing the whole... They're coming out in chunks. Exactly. Oh, my God. So that's why I'm wearing a big <clears throat> hairband. In fact, I'll show you. I'll show you. Give a, give I'll a, try not to squeal. Give a podcast reaction. I hope you can see. Look, can you see that's gone? Not really. I mean, it's grey. <laughs> All right, yeah. That's... Listeners, sorry about that. <laughs> but like here, you used to have dreadlocks. They've just really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, quite... to me, it looks like you just had it tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I might get it tattooed back in the night, going back. So, um... but tattoos do look better on dark skin. I yeah, think. I think. I remember, do you remember Nigel Benn, the boxer? Was it yeah. Nigel Benn? Yeah, he was. He was and he had that boxer. massive tattoo on his back and it looked amazing. And then he said, all these white footballers have them, you think, you look like trash. Well, it's a discretion, I think. Because some people say tattoos on black skin isn't so great because you can't see the colours, but I like how discreet they look. Yeah. Like, you really have to investigate them. Mm. So, like, it's, it's a good excuse to get a guy naked. Like, oh, and get right up close to Nigel yeah, Benn's yeah, back. Exactly. Can't imagine what you'd be doing when you'd be that close to his back. But Polish, polishing his shoes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Taking Maybe. him out dancing. Do you have any tattoos? I do. Where? Do you really? I yeah. didn't know this. Where? I've got one on my back. It's horrible. Is it over your whole back? <clears throat> no, it's just on the top of my shoulders. What does it say? Nothing. It's just kind of this, like, is it one of those awful. Dolphin is, like, just jumping out my <laughs> underpants at the front. Uh, I remember someone at uni having that, the dolphin, like, coming out of, like, where her, the knicker line would be. Yeah. And it was kind of, like, 1996, and that was almost acceptable. It's regrettable, the dolphin tattoo phase. Yeah. That, that and the Japanese character tattoo phase yeah. and the Celtic phase we all went through. Oh, those Celtic bands. Yeah. people. Are You've body- really got to have good arms to carry them off. Let's be body confident or body positive. No. You want a Celtic band. <laughs> you've got a Celtic band and you've got arms <laughs> like spaghetti. Do not do it. It's a, a Celtic rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we went through, I think when tattoos first started to get fashionable, people would just go into these tattoo parlours and mm. just ask for what they saw in like Now magazine yeah. or like, you know, FHM. And so that's why you see a lot of people with these awful kind of, not awful, but like, what's the point of having a tattoo if everyone's got the same tattoo, right? One of the challenges that I like to set myself sometimes when I'm bored at work is finding a picture of David Beckham with his top off with no tattoos. Wow. You will never find one. No. The, the nearest you get to it is the one where he had it written down the inside of his forearm. Like, well, supposedly it says, I love Victoria, <laughs> but it probably says, this way to the swimming baths or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it says... It's in Sanskrit, I think, or something like that. I, I think I remember them. I think I remember that, that being big news because they spoke Victoria wrong in Sanskrit. Yeah. Um, which is uh, probably why he had to get more... It's like Michael Jackson. He made it must have his face, so he had to keep fixing it. 
to make it right, and he messed up a tattoo, and then now he's been now he's covered in them. Yeah, he's got those ones. Those ones that people get on the back of their hands. Actually, was served by someone in Sainsbury's yesterday who had neck tattoos and hand tattoos, and he called me bro. But he had those that you know the tattoos that they have on the back of their hands. Yeah, that remind me of when my little nana. My dad's mum had several heart attacks and she kept having cannulas put on the back of her hand oh. when she was in hospital. It was all bruised and blue. Just reminds me of an old woman who's dying. Oh. So think about that when you get a rose on the back of your hand, kids. You're, you're going to look like Ross's nan. Can you imagine how painful a tattoo would be? I know. like Because even if you've got weight on you, yeah. there's no skin on There's just skin on the back of your hand. It's That's not just, fleshy. Whatever you do, you're always going to have a size six Back of the hand, you know. Oh, whatever happens, it's always going to be. It's always going to be just skin and bone. Have you got tattoos? No, I, I almost <sighs> got one a few years ago. In fact, I'll show you. There's a. I wear a necklace. Looks like this. I almost got one of this. In, this for the benefits of this podcast, it's just a little Ghanaian symbol. Um, it looks a little bit like a butterfly. Yeah, well, it, it's actually uh, the, a depiction of two rams. Um, ah. fighting and the middle bit is supposed to represent a heart, so it means that fighting over a heart. Well, it means that sometimes it's good to fight. You know, ah. like if I never something important, um, and I almost got a, a tattoo that was kind of inspired by this by yeah. chickened out. This was years ago. Don't get it because now when you get to like being seventy or eighty, you'll be like one of the very few people who doesn't have one. Right, you'll be, you'll be like revered. <laughs> you'll be a goddess, and people will worship you for having pure skin. I'm saving it for my midlife crisis. So what I'm, that's the only thing. I'm like, I'm not wasting the opportunity to get my first tattoo. I'm going to save it for when I have a midlife crisis. What's going to happen is my daughter's going to be about 10 or 11 and she's going to go, be going out raving and I'm going to want to join her and she's going to be like, you're not going out in that. You look ridiculous. And I'm, going to go, I'm going to show you. I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to get a dolphin on my face. something. <laughs> <laughs> Castor Semenya. That's... A whole situation is just ridiculous and offensive and also what I don't understand is she's allowed to run 5,000 metres. Right. And you would think to yourself, that's got to take a different kind of strength because shorter distances, it's more explosive power. But 800 metres is still a long way for me and it's not a sprint. I think you've picked the nail on the head. These rules only apply to the events she's best at. Mm. Okay. Now let Call me, call me dumb, but I would have thought if you've got a lot of testosterone, that would make you an amazing sprinter. Yeah, 100 metres, 200 metres. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Strength. And if you have a lot of testosterone, that will also help you for the longer distances, right? And possibly, I don't know. So why does it only impact her distances? It's like a kind of a rich hunt. Yeah, for, completely. Uh, and that's why, if you're going to have a, a conversation about genetic advantage in sport, I'm actually for that. Because I think it's, you know, we sh- we should always be reflecting on rules and regulation when it comes to sport. Mm. But it, why are we having a conversation about this one individual who's supremely talented at what she yeah. does? No, um, <clears throat> I can't remember where I read it. I read it this week and it was something about saying how they did tests on Ian Thorpe, the swimmer, and yeah. he produces 50% more or less lactic oh, acid than Ian other Thorpe. people. It's the American. It's Michael Phelps. Oh, Michael Phelps, yeah. that's it. And he's got... Um, oh, God, what is it? Weird tendons or something that are extra stretchy which helps him but you, be more mobile in the water you're totally right why can't testosterone just bear in mind both men and women have it why mm. can't that be seen as genetic advantage what i love about castler right is actually she's this woman who people are saying i think you're a man and she's like i don't care i'm also gay right i'm also oh is she yeah, yeah cool. she's, she's married to a woman um, and she's you know like out loud and proud and also she's like you know what i don't want to run in athletic knickers and a crop top i'm going to run in the in the clothes that men get to wear yeah. That's what, she's not a lot of the fact that she's living her life and doing it positively and she's not pandering
pandering to people because she could quite easily have been broken by all of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it's like years ago when she was young that she would have to remove her clothing and prove she was a woman. It's like, I'm not sure in my private parts to some random athletics official when I'm like a 15-year-old. Yeah. And it's that, disgusting. And that was made public. Could you imagine? Yeah. Like, I feel like the athletics community needs to apologise because a lot of this started because people were like gossiping about her. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the warm-up rooms and afterwards. But this wasn't done in private. This was done yeah. in public interviews after the races. Um, so I'm a big supporter of Casta Simone. First, because I love athletics and I think she's amazing. And second of all, it's like the, the prep thing. Now this is happening, you're seeing people be true about themselves. Yeah. Like the Sharon Davises of the world. Yeah. And the Paula Radcliffe's who, like, Paula Radcliffe was like a hero of mine, you know. Uh, and what she said about her, she shamed she's herself. Ge- yeah, she's generally kind of anti-trans and she's like, we can't let Casta compete because that will keep the, that will open the door to trans athletes. It's oh, like, I know it won't. It's, like, it's not part of the conversation. That's Kasta's such a weak trans. argument. Yeah. It's, like, it's not part of the conversation. Conversation. That's like the people who said, "Oh, well, if we let women vote, yeah, then oh, that's that's going to be the end of everything." It's like, no, it's not. It's about equal right. Oh, gosh, yeah. And Sharon Davis had said something about she was against it, and then said, "Don't call me racist. I, my children are mixed race." Oh my god! Which you is know, like, you, oh, you know, don't call me racist. I'm a plantation owner who owns slaves. But look, <laughs> look at all of my children that helped me out in the kitchen. Like, oh, sh-. that's the frustrating thing as well. Like, there does have to be a conversation and and studies and science to be investigated mm. about trans athletes and not to exclude them, but to say, okay, no. if you want to be an elite athlete and you are trans, how can we help you fulfill yeah. that dream using yeah. science, which is actually totally reasonable. And that's um, a, a massive conversation to have because genuinely you, you would assume someone who's transitioned from female to male would probably still never be strong enough to compete against na- uh, men who were born men. Exactly. Because... Physiological reasons. Because the massive, so that's a and that's a big. A lot, I mean, lots of things happen when you transition. For example, if you transition from male to female, you're going to earn less money. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. You're going to you're literally take, take, taking the privilege that you have as a man and you're mm. throwing it out the window. Yeah. You know, there's lots of things that you sacrifice when you transition. And um, but why don't you know? Sport is always scientific. That's why yeah. it has there are bodies and regulations and organisations and stuff like. Do the experiments. Find out how these uh, these individuals can compete in an elite environment. That way, when you grow up as a child and you think, I'm a trans child, you can still have ambition. You can be like, actually, I want to do this with my life. Yeah. Um, and it's also visibility. If you don't see it, you mm. don't think you can be it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the conversation, it just annoys me. It annoys me immensely because it's overstated. It's probably like two professional trans athletes anyway. I don't know, but there can't be that many. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't, I'm not aware of any. There's one who competed in the mature character category of cycling. So she's over ah, right. She's over 35, I think. And she won something a couple of weeks ago. And people were like, well, she's trans. And it's like, well, she's competing within the rules. Oh, that's one of the other things about Casta Semenya. So there, there aren't the, the studies available to, to prove things either way. So they're just saying, let's throw the baby out of the bathwater. You can't compete, which is yeah. just nonsense. Everyone's been doing that five jobs things recently, haven't they? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it is so boring. Is it boring? I did it. I just, tweet, I just, I, just, I, did it. <laughs> I tweeted five jobs, comma I've had, which <laughs> oh, I have. I've had five how, jobs. How contrary! Oh, I know. How Deliberately contrary. Well, I remember I hadn't paid round. I remember I hadn't paid round, and Diana died, and it really, it really annoyed me because the newspapers were just like black. 
Uh, oh, filthy. And indeed, you'd get this like black ink all over your face. Uh, I think that was probably contributing, that contributed to me quitting the paper round because I looked like I was going to school every day, like I'd been like cleaning chimneys. I, like, <laughs> I can't, it looks like a black person doing blackface. This is not going to work. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, the newspapers went overboard with that black ink. Oh, yeah. I hated Sundays doing the paper round because oh, the so Sunday many, Times like weighed about three stones. so many supplements like no yeah. one's reading all this stuff I think people should order the supplements that they want no yeah. one because the people who want style don't always want business no you know and I remember I, when I was a kid and we had the Sunday Times we used to read the Funday Times yeah so like do they still do the Funday Times I think so I, I used to read the Funday Times and the bit about cars <laughs> yeah and then there was all this other rubbish I've worked in TV now for uh, nearly 19 years so before that, I didn't. I was a Tesco manager. Before. You managed a Tesco. Well, I was the training manager in store, in charge of all the store training for wow. all the staff. Wow! And, and as part of that job, because that was part of personnel, I was the manager of the staff restaurant. Russ, so this... I was twenty-two, and I was a manager in Tesco Barrow, and I had all these women working for me in the in the staff restaurant. It was like my mum's age. <laughs> <laughs> you must have felt like Tony Soprano. Oh, it was brilliant! Like I remember my, my my boss at the time told me I was uh, very efficient but not very effective, <laughs> and I was like, "I'll just take that." I know you don't, don't mean it as a compliment, but I will take that. It's like in comedy when you get a quote, you just cut out the bits yeah. that like aren't very good. You just put very efficient. Yeah. Anyway, I can see that our plantain's running out, which means you must have been here for ages. Oh, it was delicious. Was it delicious? Yeah, totally. Oh, good. I've only had it once before and I had it with rice. Plantain and rice? Yeah. What else did you have with it? Peas, I think. Rice and peas? Yeah. What else did you have with it? Oh, we had jerk chicken as well there with that. We the classic. I was like, yes, we did. And it was a house I was filming at for a programme I worked on and the mum made it um, for the tea and it was me and my colleague there and she was like, do you want some? We were like, yes, please. Because <laughs> the smell was amazing. The reason I asked, but if someone serves you rice and peas and plantain, nothing else, that's like getting like a Yorkshire pudding and a potato. It's like, yeah, but there's something missing. Yeah. No, there's something, yeah. there's something, there's something missing. Okay, I'm, well, I'm glad that I could share with you your second plantain experience. Hopefully I'd, I won't wait 15 years to have it again. Or, or do, do that because I don't want people to find plantain and for it to get fashionable for it to go up in price. Yeah. Ah, so sneaky should, move. Yeah, I think we should ration plantain for people who aren't familiar with it um, just to protect our interests. <laughs> Especially with Brexit, you don't have to have like, trade and stuff like that. <gasps> You mentioned it. I know. Can I say something about... I've got to say something about rationing. I watched this programme about the Savoy Hotel and they said that during the war, they still had incredible food because food like lobsters and things like that weren't rationed because they were such luxuries. You couldn't ration them because if you rationed them, it meant every household had to have one. So like... You know, eggs were rationed because it's like every household needs to have four eggs a week or whatever. Right. But with lobster, it's like, well, we can't put that on the ration list because it's very expensive. So people who were really wealthy could still get all the delicious foods they wanted. And all the poor working class people were like, you've got one powdered egg a week. You know what, man? We need to destroy the class system. I can't believe that post-Brexit we're going to be struggling without eggs. And there's going to be people uh, going, well, feasting on lobster. That's <laughs> lobster. That's outrageous. <laughs> Um, Russ, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming to visit me. Thanks for having me around. It's been a nice diversion from breastfeeding. Um, this might be the first time you've seen me of late where you haven't seen a nipple. I know. I feel like showing you one now. Do it. <laughs> um, Russ, you've been fantastic. Where can we find you if we want to um, hunt you down and steal your sweatshirt? Twitter, at Russ Piers. Yeah. Uh, I've got a website, russpiers.com. That needs updating. From yeah. about, it's probably on Windows 95. It's that old. <laughs> 
And I'm on Instagram as Piers Russ, because I lost Russ. my original one. Oh, okay. Well, I like Piers Russ. And you can hear me sometimes on Talk Radio with Penny Smith. Ooh, exciting. I'm a slightly irregular on there. Uh, I like Piers Russ because it's like you're Piers Morgan, but you're not. <laughs> that sounds amazing. You got, any, got anything coming up? Books? Shows? I'm writing a book. You're writing a book? Yeah. Okay. And it's going to be really, is the word misanthropic? Uh, it's yes. quite dark. It's very dark. Like, um, like Victor Meldrew. Yeah, even worse. Just like worse than Victor Meldrew. Just kind of, sort of semi-autobiographical, biographical, horrible thoughts. Kind okay. of, I'd describe it as. All right, I'm gonna tell people find your social media, look out for you at your shows, and look out for this book. Sounds amazing. Do it. Oh, thank you, Russ, for coming to keep my company. Thank you. So that was Russ Pierce. Thank you very much for coming to keep my company. Russ, much appreciated. Do catch him on social media. Do follow him. He's a fantastic person to keep up with. Very hilarious and going places. This was Keeping Athena Company. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.